This is Dream Chasers, episode 44, with Jamie Benizri. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Jamie Benizri. Jamie is the president and founder of Legal Logic. He's originally from Montreal, Canada, went to McGill University and Sherbrooke University, which are in the Montreal area. And Jamie now lives, surprisingly, in Montreal, but he's in DDO, which he refers to as the Burbs. So Jamie, thank <laughs> you for being on the show. And do you have any opening remarks for our listeners? That was, uh, you know, I always love, I, I always love what Americans, you know, pronounce you know, pronouncing things in Quebec. It's, I, I love that accent. Gets me every time. You're going to get a lot <laughs> so of that. so damn cute. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, yeah. Could you, uh, could you greet the listeners in French? Absolutely. Alors, je m'appelle Jamie Benizri et je suis le fondateur de Legalogique, which means I'm the founder of Legalogic. J'aime beaucoup du beurre. Love it. Don't know what you said, but I think I got some of it. So. <laughs> yeah, I just, it, was, it was a classic line of I like, I like butter. There you go. <laughs> um, so, I, guys, I first discovered Jamie, um, honestly, like many other dream chasers now, making some noise on LinkedIn. I think he, at the time he was a second connection of mine of some former dream chasers, uh, Joel Wall and Yona Weiss. But, you know, anyways, you can tell from the way he carries himself, Jamie is a very dynamic leader. Uh, I wanted to, it's funny, I wanted to focus on his relationship with Startup Grind Montreal, but right before the call, Jamie kind of explained to me that he's working on different projects, this and that. So to put a spin on things, Jamie, what, you know, what is it that you're, you're working on on a daily basis now? Yeah, thank you. So, you know, uh, Startup Grind's got a good name. You know, Google, it's basically Google's uh, decentralized ch chapter system of, you know, creating a conversation, you know, with founders, people, particularly in tech, but it could be kind of different, you know, different, uh, different areas. I was the director of, of that organization for a while. We did some really great things and had some really fun speakers on and um, what's kind of happened, you know, to me is that, you know, I had a very traditional past. So you talked about McGill and then Sherbrooke University, which is a French school where I studied law school in French. And what I, um, you know, what happened was that I, you know, I love, you know, what really drives me is human connection. And, and that's really my passion. And it's always been a problem because it, it meant that I was never really passionate about any particular technical career. Mm -hmm. I didn't really care. I mean, I was on, I was on the roadmap to become a doctor. My grades were, were shit, so that was never going to happen. <laughs> um, I, you know, there's different things I was contemplating, but at the end of the day, you know, it was always a question of what did I want to, what did I want to do for the rest of my life? And I, I really had a hard time answering that. And so I kind of stayed in school out of convenience because I was scared to pick a career and, and kind of really, you know, kind of dedicate myself to something entirely. And so what ended up happening was that you know, I went to McGill University, I studied uh, physiology, and it was, I mean, it was boring as all hell, how do cells interact, I mean, who really cares, and unfortunately, I don't remember a thing from what I learned, but I really loved McGill, I really loved the institution, and what I really loved is that, you know, I, I was able to kind of do some side hustle, entrepreneurial kind of things, and I, I was taking my student loans and investing in real estate, taking my student loans and investing in a startup and creating platforms and companies. And I was working part-time at a restaurant and making good money. And so once I finished that and rolled into law school, kind of by accident almost in the Eastern Townships, by the time I got out, I was ready. I was sick of the theoretical world. I was ready to do something really tangible. And uh, once I learned the industry, I said, bam, you know what? I'm ready to put my mark on the industry. 
told my wife that <laughs> this is what I want to do. And she reluctantly, you know, shook her head and kind of, you know, said, you know, I guess you're going to do whatever you want to do. And, um, you know, kind of you know, almost uh, eight years later, I'm still grinding and um, trying to verbalize law in, a, in, in the way that I, uh, that it makes sense for me as an entrepreneur and kind of helping the future leaders get access to legal services and create a conversation about mm-hmm. law that is, in my eyes never really existed. Yeah. And, and you've mentioned it there, I think. So you've been working with Le- or on your legal logic company for about eight years now. So normally the focus of our interviews, we like to zone in on a project or an idea company that's been in existence for five years or less to highlight, sure. to highlight oh, their, absolutely. Yeah, their early success and, and kind of show oh, got it. this is, you know, what's coming. So are there any projects that you're working on now that are less than five years old that you really want to uh, focus Fun. on? I got tons. I got tons. So basically what happened was that, so Startup Grind Montreal, I think, you know, would have, would have fallen neatly into that five-year span. For me, Startup Grind Montreal, you know, the reality of that platform was, you know, I had, I had plans of doing more with my community, with the contacts that I had built, with the ecosystem that I was part of. And I wanted to, I wanted to put my own flair on it. And I wanted to create some sort of a, a standard for a lot of the activities that I was doing. I mean, I have attended, I have clocked thousands of hours of networking, traditional networking. I have done so much to try to you know, understand um, not only myself as a professional and somebody in the community, but trying to understand how I, could, um, how I can leverage the community that I've built. And so Startup Grind was a really good way for me to get to learn myself, my interviewing style, and my role in the community as a lawyer is fine. And you know, anyone can, you know, kind of any half-witted lawyer can give legal advice. But what does that mean for the community he's in? What, what's, what's the real value add for you as a lawyer or as a professional or as a businessman if you can't contribute to the society and the ecosystem that you play in? And so for me, Startup Grind Montreal didn't, ha- didn't allow, because they have a very rigid, you know, pr- I mean, they have, they have their own secret sauce and that's mm-hmm. cool. I totally respect that. Um, but I was ready to, to put my own spin on that space, on the connection Space, a networking space, mm-hmm. and so my response to that was uh, an organization, uh, a nonprofit organization that I created, that, w- that I co-founded, called uh, Business Community 360. Okay. And um, this is the community that uh, this is the, the platform that me and a lot of the people that have kind of joined the movement now adhere to. And so we, you know, Business Community 360, and uh, me as a uh, spokesperson have gotten picked up by brand, like brands like Rogers, which is, you know, one of the biggest telecommunication yeah, companies yeah. in Canada. You know, we've gotten picked up by actually McGill University uh, to do an event with them in their science departments about how to communicate the message of, you know, how do, how do you get scientists kind of out of their labs, out of the research labs and mm-hmm. talk about what they're doing into, uh, in the private sector and get people together and learn together. And so Business Community 360 was that opportunity, gave me that platform, and it's kind of become this, um, this branded platform uh, where the community comes along with us on this conversation within, you know, within our, our, our business community and within our, foundation, uh, our foundations that we're creating to raise money for different causes. And so it's really, front, it's really taken a front seat to community building, both with local businesses and charities. I love that, especially the networking aspect, the connecting aspect. That's something that I'm a huge fan of simply because I I love doing it. So definitely want to get some more information here about Business Community 360. But you know what, Jamie, it is time to step into 
the next level <laughs> chamber. Yes. <laughs> when did ready, you, man. When did you realize that business community 360 was something that you wanted to take to the next level? You know what? This is what happened. I really implore everybody to network the shit out of themselves. You got to, it's got to be random. Just go, go to different parts of the town, you know, network within the Jewish community, the, you know, the Islamic community, the Christian community, just, you know, you know networking and human connection is agnostic. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You don't know where value is going to lie and you don't know what you're going to be excited to be a part of as a community, whether you're in business or not. And so, you know, for me, what had happened is that I had clocked so many hours networking, going out, meeting people, building my brand and, and my reputation that after so many years of doing the traditional networking circuit, I was ready to put my own spin on it because I felt that the events that I was going to lacked the engagement, lacked mm -hmm. the follow-up, lacked the oomph that I was looking for to create real value. And, and, you know, we spent so much time after hours building, you know, trying to build networks and making you know, business. And I really wanted to capture a lot of the, a lot of the value that gets dissipated and that's not focused on when, you know, all these people get together. And really that was my impetus. And then that's when I walked away a little bit from, not completely, but I shied away a little bit from classic networking and classic, um, you know, the traditional handshake and business card exchange mm -hmm. to a lot more immersive conversations about things happening in your backyard. Yeah. Things happening in, in the businesses that you visit every day that you think you know um, I really wanted to create the conversation under the cover and under the superficial layer of what's happening in that store. There's people behind the store that you need to get to know because they can bring you value if you get to know them a little better or if you change your optic a little bit about how you see this company. I wanted to bring you know people that don't normally come together, conversations that are not normally had in this space. I wanted to create that. I wanted to be a fire starter for that kind of a concept. And that's for me, when I walked away, assembled a crew and really started developing a brand around how we thought that can, you know, connections and, and uh, networking should be done. Yeah. And, and clearly you, it seems, you know, it seems as though you have a very strong gift or, or talent for networking to begin with. Maybe it's just kind of part of who you are. What do you believe with that being said has really, if you had to zone in on one thing that differentiates you with your average networker, for example, what is yep. that? Yep. I think it's a willing to share <clears throat> the experiences that I've gone through. And I think it's honestly, it's like, you know, what differentiates, you know, to any two rookies. Okay. Take, you know, Crosby and his rookie year and any other rookie. What's mm -hmm. going to differentiate any of these rookies? And I think, or anyone who's, you know, kind of, you know, in professional sports. And I think that it's really how many, you know, how many hours, how much training, how much have you done? How much grit have you put into doing something that you're passionate about? And, uh, uh, um, you know, hustle and hard work will trump, you know, raw talent anytime mm -hmm. because you're able to perfect and perform and understand more about how you perform and, you know, what your routine is. And so the reason why I'm saying that is because I think that I've spent so many, so much time in different networking settings and I've tried to develop, you know, and I've, and I've developed my own brand and I've, you know, I've succeeded sometimes and I've failed at other times. And I think I'm able to immerse myself in an environment and understand what it takes in order for this environment to be more fruitful mm -hmm. or more, we say in French, propice, 
auspicious. I'm not sure uh-huh. if it's auspicious, but if okay. it's more um, conducive, it's more conducive, I should say. That is this environment and is this activity conducive to creating value? Whether it's you know finding your next boyfriend or girlfriend or, or spouse, or whether you're going to be creating, and that does, that you know does happen to my events, you know, crazy, crazy enough. Some some people have met on my, <laughs> my at the event that we put on and got married, but there you, go. you know, is this an event conducive to creating value and will it create you know lasting relationships? And that's really that's where the magic happens, I think, in life and in business. Mm-hmm. Where do you see business community 360 in three years? I see this becoming a standard in the networking space and the human connectivity space regarding really all the most important spheres of our community. And that includes small and large businesses. This involves our foundations and our charitable organizations that are doing, you know, things for very niche groups. Mm-hmm. And these are, you know, the regular, the regular citizens, the people who are used to seeing community unfold and develop in front of their eyes and don't really have a say or really don't, you know, take a back seat while communities are being built. And so, you know, for the first time, I really want to create a conversation and give people a platform to get together with all the most important constituents in any community. So it could be, you know, a mayor and a small business and stay-at-home mom who's about to launch into, you know, the venture that she's been scared to launch for the the last five years, Mm -hmm. or while she's been at home with her kids waiting, you know, waiting for her kids to be old enough to venture off. And so I see this as, you know, really the first open source dialogue with all the most important, you know, community, um, uh, people who have a stake in the community. Yeah. Well, I love it. And, you know, every, every great thing that exists always began as an idea. So I love the, I love the vision. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. We got, uh, we got three fun questions here now to close it out. Kind of feel like we got to know you a little bit more today, Jamie. So first one. What is your favorite small town Canadian city? To clarify, I guess it you know just can't be like Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, <laughs> under under a population of fifty thousand. Uh, your favorite month out of the year, and then yep. uh, your favorite startup that you've ever worked for or with, and we'll say besides business community three sixty. I love it. Okay, so uh, let's start from the top. My favorite small town. My favorite small town Quebec city is going to be the Gaspé. And so the gas bay, way up north, you know, it's a, this is a 15, you know, 12 hour, I think, actually, I think more, maybe a 15 hour drive from Montreal. Wow. And this is where there is, it's almost the end, almost the end of the earth, where there's this beautiful rock called Percy's Rock, which is basically the, you know, the symbol of the town. And it's just, you know, it's just pure serenity and purity. And the people are so, you know, inviting and warm and they have their own little microbreweries and their own little brands. And, you know, you can just go hunting and fishing and all these kind of, you just, you connect, you know, with the outside. And so I went to, um, to get to the gas bay for a trial once when I, well, I was very early on in my career, somebody, somebody, uh, you know, the lawyer was on the verge of dropping them because he didn't want to try. He was from Montreal. He was on the verge of dropping them as a client. Um, so obviously I was, I was in my career. I was you know, dumb enough to accept the challenge. So I left my family behind for a couple of days, hopped in the car, hopped in the van with the, the, the client and the expert witness. And went on a went on a on a road trip for about a week. You know, stayed with my client's parents. You know, I fished. We ate great. You know, we had we drank great microbrewery, and um, it was just the experience was fantastic. And I and I always have this this soft spot for that city. So that's that's my number one. Cool, Gaspe. Gaspe, man, it's a great great little place. All right, favorite month out of the year. All right, so favorite. Um, this is for me. This has got to be August. August is my number one favorite. 
Why because, is that? And then my birth, you know, my birthday's on. Actually, my birth, my birthday's April 10th. You know, maybe you release it before my birthday. It's so I'm expecting wishes. Okay. From the, yeah, gene, yeah. From the gene chasers community. <laughs> August is my favorite month. And, and it's, for me, it's very simple. I'm, there's a lull in the legal industry a little bit in the summer, right? Court system is lax. The resources deplete people. Um, you know, typically, you know, recede a little bit in, in the summer season. And what happens is that, you know, I get this, um, I get, I get motivated by the, uh, by the absence of, of activity. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't really have a slow season because there's always stuff, you know, stuff for us to do. Thank God. The, the thought of people being on vacation, not being productive. And I, and I do take a time on vacation and I will spend time with my kids. But for me, the thought of people not being productive for the entire summer season, and not and going out because in Canada we have a construction holiday, uh-huh. or Monday in Quebec, which lasts for two weeks, and the city really kind of does shut down for two weeks, um, not completely, but you know there's a massive lull right. in activity. So the reason why I love August so much is that I feel more productive knowing that my real career obligations go down, and it allows me to think. It gives me more time to spend with my family, think about things creatively, and to try to you know spend time in career and personal development. Mm-hmm. What do I want for the next upcoming season? How do I, you know, finally get to write that last chapter in my book? How do I get to rewrite, you know, that part of my website that I never have time for during the year? Right. And so for me, August is that month where I get to, you know, take on more kind of personal fulfillment and career fulfilling things in order to, uh, you know, in order to kind of better prepare myself for the year ahead. Nice. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to think more about that too as we enter into August of this year now. Sure. Jamie, what's your favorite, uh, as we mentioned, what's your favorite startup that you've ever worked for with besides <clears throat> Business Community 360? My favorite, 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 favorite startup. You know, this is going to be a little tab, a little tab. We just got to work with startups all the time. Uh-huh. I'll tell you the kind of startup that, that I love working with because there's a, there's a pattern. I think there's many of them. So I can't give you one in particular. Uh-huh. What I can give you is that, I mean, I can maybe drop names, but my favorite startup is the one that has the following criteria because every startup has its own dynamics. My favorite startup is the one where clients come and see me right after they've quit their job or that there's no, there's no more side hustle or they've left the ones They've left their, you know, their job and they've, they decided to commit themselves uh, wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And that for me has always been, there's always people that kind of think about doing something or not ready or will call me back. The ones that just quit their job or just leave their job or kind of, you know, just get out of school and don't even want to get into the workforce because they're so excited to start. Mm-hmm. And they come and see me to set up their corporation, their shareholder agreement because there's co-founders. They're getting their trademarks. You know, those are the guys that for me go all in Mm-hmm. And what I like to say, burn the ships that brought them here behind them so that there's absolutely no escape clause. There's no escaping what they're getting themselves into. It's either, you know, failure or death, you know, success or death. For me, that is the one criteria that I, I, that I look for and that hunger for the person to be completely consumed by their passion. And if I don't see the hunger for passion and I don't see the fact that, they, that they've gone all in, it's very difficult for me to believe in what they're doing and to try to give them access to the resources that they're sometimes looking for me. You know, Jamie, how do you connect me with this? How do you do this? You know, help me get to the next level. For me, it's not just legal. Legal is the starting point of a conversation for me, uh-huh. but it's not, the, uh, it's not what drives and continues my relationships with my clients. 
So, you know, if you're able to manifest those two, um, uh, those two feelings, you know, in a, in a startup, those are the guys that I want to spend time with guys, old girls that I want to spend time with. Perfect. Well, Hey, all you startuppers out there listening, you heard it here. So Jamie, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You can hit me up on any single social media platform known to man, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Jamie Benizri, Instagram, Jay Benizri, Facebook, Snapchat, Legal Logic, one word, just hit me up. You know, I love to chat and I love to, uh, I love to connect with your community and I'm looking forward to getting to know your community a little better, man. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been a great call. Thanks for hopping on with me here. I know we had some scheduling conflicts, but we made it happen. Thank we you. made it, brother. We made it. This is good, man. This is therapeutic. Thank you for your time and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Guys, thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. We'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level.